we really can't judge Julie's performance through modern lens. We have to look at it historically through the context of her time, of her era. Julie's Crawl wasn't just this inspiring act. It was a total revolution. This is Beyond, a podcast about people doing extraordinary things. It was a revolution of how the world saw women, of how we saw athletes, of how we saw what human beings were capable of. And while that race totally changed her life, it also paved the way for those of us who followed her decades later. We wouldn't be able to do what we do in sport without trailbreakers like Julie Moss. That's the voice of Sarah True, two-time Olympian and Ironman professional triathlete, talking about Julie Moss, the woman who put Ironman on the map back in 1982. Hello everyone, my name is Eric Gilsonen. I've been involved in the sport of triathlon since the early 1980s. As a lifeguard, a competitor, a volunteer, and eventually a race announcer. I've completed over 150 triathlons, including five Ironmans. As a race announcer, I've called well over 100 races. But more than anything, I love triathlon. I believe everybody's a triathlete. They just don't know it yet. Beyond is about triathletes, but it isn't about race results, rankings, or just the pros. It's about the humans who are drawn into this great sport, their backstories and life-changing events that drew them into triathlon. And in turn, what triathlon did for them and to them. Our first episode is about Julie Moss, the then young college student from Cardiff, California, who created history, not by breaking a record, but by losing a race. After the race, there comes this moment where you're looking back and you're thinking, did I really do that? And the realization that I did do that. I found something within myself that I didn't know existed. And I don't know how many other people could have done that. But I did it. And my life is never going to be the same. Finding herself the unlikely leader of the 1982 Ironman World Championship race, which ABC broadcast to millions, Julie started cramping. Her legs stopped working. She fell staggered to get up, and fell again, her body severely dehydrated. Realizing that her arms still worked, she decided to crawl the last 50 feet to the finish line. Her closest rival, Kathleen McCartney, passed Julie without even noticing her on the ground. Julie came in second, but her do-or-die performance catapulted her and the little-known sport of triathlon onto the world stage forever. Iron Man as school project. I entered the Ironman on a whim. I saw the Ironman on television. I thought, mm, that's a crazy event. It's in Hawaii. And I think I could pull it off as my senior project to graduate from Cal Poly. My decision to do the Ironman was partly based on the fact that I needed a senior project to graduate. 
and I thought I could do some lengthy, boring report, or I could go to Hawaii and swim, bike, and run. I mean, forget about how long the distances were and that I wasn't an, a competitive athlete of any kind. It seemed like it was an easy way for me to graduate. Easy, Ironman, somehow it just worked. I was the kind of student that always looked for the shortcut. Try and find the quickest way to get the job done. I wasn't a very good student. I mean, I was a C student, and that's not a very good student. So my approach to the Ironman was training for the Ironman was the same approach I took to every college project. Don't worry about it and cram at the last minute. Why not do it for Ironman? When I saw the Ironman and heard what the distances were, they were so outrageous that it just was sort of, it didn't even phase me in a way. It was like, that's ridiculous. I, they're too long to even think about. They're crazy. But again, it's in Hawaii. Those guys in Speedos look really good on the beach. I'm not gonna worry about the distances. I know I can swim, I can bike, and I can run. I'll figure it out. Cramming for the race. My buildup for Ironman was really Backloaded. I mean, I did it all within the last two months. The exact opposite of what everybody else was doing for their training, they were starting to taper and I was just gearing up. But that was why how I approached everything. I got to Hawaii, finally found this great niche of people to train with, and so I was just looking forward to training every day. Um, it wasn't, didn't seem like work anymore. Earlier, it seemed like some sort of homework. Now I'm in Hawaii with all these other athletes, and it was playtime, and I played hard right up until race date. I think as a wide-eyed 23-year-old, and I definitely think I was wide-eyed because I hadn't had any hardships. I mean, I'd sort of been privileged, um, middle class, but privileged. I hadn't had to worry about a thing. College was paid for. Um, my rent was paid for. I took a part-time job so I'd have a little spending money. I'd been living this pretty isolated, insulated kind of life. And I didn't know hardship, especially physical hardship. And so I approached Hawaii. I had, the only thing I had going for me, other than this little bit of training that I'd loaded up at the last minute, was a good attitude. I Wide-eyed innocent. I had no expectations about that race, and without any expectations, I was just moment by moment just sort of getting through it. And yeah, I was pretty innocent about what was waiting for me. Pippi Longstocking goes to Kona. I mean, could you have scripted it any better? Red hair, freckles, she's got this funky trucker hat on. She's winning the race, and then she's got this amazing dramatic finish, and she doesn't look like the uh, female version of Scott Tinley, the men's winner, who's just sculpted and godlike. I looked like a little girl. Pippi Longstocking's trying to rock out the Iron Man, and I think it was made an impression that you don't have to be this physical specimen, you don't have to be, um, I think, uber athletic to have an experience, at least in an endurance event, that is amazing. I mean, it was really about the heart and soul of an athlete, not this physical presence that 
dominates. I mean, it wasn't about perfection. I think it was important that I was not a, an intimidating looking athlete. I was the girl next door. There was something sort of, hey, if she can be doing this, maybe it's not like it's this impossible thing. I think it kind of was an equalizer, me not being this physical specimen. I also love the fact that as a woman, it, I, what I was doing out there, as a woman, particularly as a woman, a young woman, I was out there mixing it up with these Iron Men. I love the fact that it took a woman to put Iron Man on the map. I mean, that's really a great, a great place to be as a woman, great place to be as a pioneer in the sport. And I'm really, I'm really proud of that fact and I'm glad people kind of got it. Everything's going great. Then it isn't. Just 30 yards from victory, Moss fights against a body that is shutting down. Moments later, Julie Moss crawled to the finish line in one of the most memorable moments in the history of ABC's wide world of sports. Millions of Americans watched mesmerized by Moss's courage and determination. Everyone who saw it was moved, and history has shown us that from that day forward, When you're really operating on the edge of your limits, the world starts to come in and get close and it gets dark and it creates this kind of magical, almost beautiful tunnel where nothing else exists. And once you're in it, you really are able to just focus in on exactly what you need to do to put one foot in front of the other. The world disappears. And for me, it meant Kathleen McCartney bearing down on me the ABC camera in front of me, the humiliation of losing control of my body only moments ago, it all disappeared and it became this private tunnel allowing me to figure out what I needed to do to get to the finish line. I discovered a new kind of courage, the courage to just forget about what it looked like to forget about what people thought of me and to just go inside, to just go into this sacred, quiet place and figure out how to make my body move that one next step closer to the finish line. I needed to let go of, 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 what, of the judgment, of what people thought and just focus on moving. It took all my energy to move. I couldn't worry about anybody else anymore. And that was a really beautiful gift to get. While it was happening, I was in it too deep to really have any perspective, other than a very personal perspective that I knew I was gonna do whatever it took to get to the finish line, without a doubt, even if it meant crawling on my hands and knees. Before that, I just wanted to finish the race, graduate, it was gonna be one and done. After the race, it was a mixed bag. A mixed bag, again, of feeling really so exposed and knowing that I would be forever part of this race, part of the changing attitude of this race, that it isn't about physical perfection and, and being a top athlete and winning. It's about challenging yourself to something you thought was impossible and making it possible and finding a way to get to the finish line, even if you have to crawl. My outlook on life changed. Well, changed really about those last 10 feet from the finish line. 
it changed because I knew I wasn't gonna win the race anymore and I thought it was about winning. And I realized in those last 10 feet crawling to the finish line, it's not about winning the race, it's about not giving up on yourself. And by not giving up on myself, I, I changed my world. I mean, I knew that I could go forward in life on capping the limits if I didn't give up on myself. Those final feet crawling to the finish line allowed me to see inside myself in a completely new way. And those moments became the roadmap of my life. The Aftermath, the crawl heard around the world. Right after the race in 1982, David Letterman invited me to come on his show. can't believe I turned it down. I wasn't sure how I would handle myself. David Letterman was a loose cannon. Um, I was afraid he was going to mock me and, and I would mock me and somehow I would dilute this experience just because I was nervous on TV. What happened to me in Kona felt really special and really sacred and I just wasn't willing to tamper with it. I wasn't willing to risk that just a show, you know, a TV show would make me um, would make me make fun of something that was really was really sacred. That run changed me forever. It changed how I saw myself, and it changed how I carried myself going forward. It taught me that just when I think I'm at my lowest point, there's more. There's more that I can use to get up and move forward. It changed the way I looked at the world. I looked at the world without limits after that run. That run taught me that my potential was unlimited if I was willing to stay in it when it got really hard. I mean, the hardest thing I could ever imagine if I was willing to just stay right there and fight for one more step, my world was gonna change. And I knew it when it was happening, and I moved into my life after that race with the confidence of knowing that I have the ability to go deeper and to change my situation if I'm willing to just stay in it, breathe, and take one more step. When I think about what I learned from that run, it's like I have to switch, switch my hats from being the wide-eyed innocent girl who was there to have fun and didn't care about you know, how it turned out, just get through it, do everything at the last minute, to becoming this young woman who was really diving deep within herself, who was stripping off those carefree layers and finding out that deep inside I did care about something. I cared about being good at something. For the first time in my life, that's what I learned from the Iron Man, that underneath all the layers of what I had been living, there was this untapped potential of this life that I wanted to continue living from that moment forward. After that run, I carried myself differently. I'd walk into a room and I thought, as a woman, as a young woman, I know I can do something that 99.9% .9 of the men can't do. That changes you. That gives you a certain confidence. 
it allowed me to move forward in my life really on par with men. And that was something that it just it just was sort of organic in in what I discovered about myself and comparing myself to other men in the race. I went forward in my life knowing that I was strong, I could be confident, and I knew I could do something that that men couldn't do. After the 1982 Ironman, well, I thought it was going to be one and done. I'd graduate and I'd go on and teach. I don't know. Turns out the world had a different plan for me. I became the poster girl for Ironman and everybody wanted a piece of that kind of Ironman gritty finish line action set in an exotic location. So I became a professional triathlete with no experience with athletics other than one Ironman. And, you know, I was traveling the world. And it was a pretty amazing position to be in at 23 to suddenly become a sponsored athlete and have to figure out how you're going to maintain that. You know, that fake it till you make it. How was I going to maintain that? That was the challenge. Um, I got my foot in the door, now I had to figure out how to make it work. Julie today, looking back, moving forward. The sport really became known after my race for getting to the finish line. When you finish something, you're a winner. Of course, there are Ironman champions and I respect the ability for these these young men and women to go out and and hone their craft and and bring excellence to the sport but i also have such an affinity such a the hawaiian word is ohana feeling for everyone who struggles to the finish line whether they finish in under eight hours or they finish in the cutoff at 17 hours they have made it to the finish line and i think i brought that to the sport that it was okay just to get to the finish line just because I had one run in 1982, I haven't stopped running. I keep looking for the next run because that's when I feel most alive. I feel the best about myself and I feel like I can contribute more to the world. And I'm, I'm sharing this because I want other people to keep running, to keep finding their moments and linking them together to create this life where you're just kind of moving from one moment to the next you keep raising the bar for yourself and then raising the bar for others by your example. I keep going back to Ironman because it's the one place that I know if I go there, it's going to bring out the best in me. It's the one place that strips me down and just makes me find that authentic, pure place within myself stripping away my ego, stripping away all my expectations, allowing me to come from this very internal, sacred place of just putting one foot in front of the other. It's just that simple. And from that place, I move forward in my life and bring authenticity and strength and will in new ways. Every Ironman, I get my lessons in different ways, but there's always this moment where I have to just go back, back to that 23-year-old who was on the ground and had to figure out a way to get up. I mean, I may not physically be on the ground, 
but I know I've got to find a way to keep moving forward. And that's why I go back because I need to be reminded of that. And it's such an easy way to get it. Easy, again, Iron Man, oxymoron, right? When I commit to an Iron Man, it's committing to something that's that's larger than I am. It it's it means for days and weeks and months I have a focus. I am getting up every morning with purpose and clarity. It brings out the best in me. Iron Man forces me to be my best self on more days than not and it allows me to discover something about myself that's hidden under a lot of layers. Iron Man has the ability to strip you down and make you shine like your bright authentic self and that's why I keep going back. That process from committing to completing makes me live my life in a better way. My run got a lot of reactions over the years and at first I, I, I wasn't sure how to, to sort of take in this feedback I was getting about how my run motivated people to get up off the couch and go try a triathlon and but over time all I can say when someone says I saw your race in 1982 and it made me go out and try my first triathlon, my first marathon, whatever. The only thing now that I can say in return is thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me because now we're in this together. You're going out to get your moment and I helped inspire it. Thank you. Thank you. As Sarah True stated so well at the top of this podcast, Julie truly paved the way for a number of young professional women in the sport of triathlon. But she's also inspired the non-professional triathletes whose sights are not set on the podium, but on the finish line. Julie gave permission for anyone to compete in triathlon, and that fact has shaped lives and the sport as we know it today. Completing a triathlon of any length is a significant athletic achievement. But for most, it's more than that. It forces you to reevaluate what you're capable of. It's a life-changing event. Please subscribe to Beyond for the next story of humans doing inspiring things against the odds. This is Eric Gilson, and triathlon literally changed my life. I hope it can do the same for you. Beyond is brought to you by Hoka One One and Iron Man.